It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, friends? Welcome to a Friday post-game edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, powered by our friends at Pepsi. We want to remind you, of course, that this football season is, of course, being different, but Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi, of course, is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become the member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Remember to go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. What's going on, friends? Billy Rossetti with you here on a football Friday. But of course, with the Panthers, the football has already been played because they took the field last night. And uh, boy, that was something, wasn't it? We are going to discuss the highs, the lows, and there were plenty of lows, uh, certainly in Thursday's game. But we'll talk about some of the good that happened in Thursday's game because there were a little bit of positives, but certainly plenty of ugliness that we'll touch on later in the show. So uh, definitely a lot to get to, and we'll take a look now at you know where the Panthers kind of stand as we've now hit the halfway point of the season. Uh, pretty crazy to think we're already at that point already. Uh, but we'll take a look at where they stand and kind of where they could be going here with their remaining schedule um but first things first we'll just you know do a quick recap of the game and talk about again some of the positives that we took away there weren't a whole lot of them uh but there were a little bit of positives uh that we could take away from thursday's game so let's jump right into it so the panthers lose to the atlanta falcons at home on thursday night by a score of 25 to 17 they now fall to three and five on the season it is their third straight loss after that three-game winning streak and uh, we'll get into this later this losing streak certainly looks like it's going to stretch on a little bit but a little bit of positive news um you know not that there's a whole lot (laughs) that you could really find because this was a, a pretty ugly game all throughout but jeremy chin definitely one of the uh, the positive notes here from this game. I mean, the the kid just continues to do it all. The way he's flying around the field on defense and even showing up on special teams. We saw uh, one point of the game, the Panthers uh, had a fourth down, and this was after they had a false start penalty to it. This was what made the play, I think, even crazier for me. Uh, they had a false start penalty to move back, for, or, or excuse me, not a false start, a uh, delay of game penalty. They delay a game penalty that moved them back five yards, and they still went ahead and they ran a fake punt with Jeremy Chin, and they still were able to convert for the first downs. So Jeremy Chin just continues to show that he is going to become a, uh, a jack-of-all-trades for this Carolina Panthers roster, both on defense and on special teams. So a great performance out of him, and again, just continues to be uh, one of the early leaders here for the Carolina Panthers, just in terms of just his uh, his overall 
uh, overall ability and overall leadership on the field, uh, defensively, special teams, uh, you know, once again, leading the team in tackles uh, in the, in this game with 10 total tackles. So the, the kid just does it all, you know. So for being a, a late second-round pick, which still to me a little surprising he fell that far. I thought he'd go a little bit higher, but it's just going to continue to turn out to be great value, I think, for the Carolina Panthers. And Chin's going to be one of those defensive rookie or one of these uh, defensive players that's just going to be a stud and the leader for years and years to come. So really excited uh, to get to watch Chin week in and week out, but that fake punt was a uh, an incredible play one of the other highlights definitely too is brian burns just the way he continues to you know that that star just keeps on shining right it seems like every week brian burns just continues to break out more and more and you know he was certainly in, in the backfield quite a bit in this one and, and the panthers did a better job of uh, getting pressure on the quarterback and actually getting to uh, the the quarterback. They actually were able to sack Matt Ryan uh, a couple of times in this one. Brian Burns got one, and uh, so did Marquise Haynes, who's really having a, a strong season so far. This has really been a nice breakout year for him as well. You know, this is his third sack of the season. He only had one sack in his career coming into this year. So we knew this was a pretty important year as well for Marquise Haynes. But Brian Burns, again, just continues to, you know, be be a stud on that defensive line. Five tackles. Uh, well, actually, he wasn't credited with a sack, but he did, uh, you know, have a tackle of Matt Ryan as, as, uh, as he was trying to scramble. It was Haynes and actually it's right, F.A. Obata got in a sack as well. So that was nice to see. But Brian Burns, you know, you, you might as well call it, you know, close to a sack, obviously, because Brian uh, just kind of barely, what, by a yard or two or something, uh, crossed the line of scrimmage on the scramble there when Brian Burns was able to tackle him. So, uh, you know, another solid game for Brian Burns. Of course, he did go down with that injury during the game, but he was able to get back in and that was you know one of the other keys too that we'll get into it a little bit was the Panthers got banged up a little bit in this one but uh fortunately nothing serious uh with some of those injuries but those were some of the highlights and then obviously last but certainly not least or you could even say saving the best for last year Curtis Samuel uh two touchdowns really the entire for the most part the entire offense uh for the Panthers on Thursday night, a rushing touchdown, his second straight game with a rushing touchdown, and finally a receiving touchdown. It's his first receiving touchdown of the season, but second straight game now with a rushing touchdown as he finished with four catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown, and then three carries, 23 yards, and again, a, a rushing touchdown. So, Great day out of Curtis Samuel, so if you had him in your fantasy lineup, if you felt he was a sneaky start, congratulations, you know, you got got yourself a nice head start going into Sunday's action, thanks to Curtis Samuel. So, you know, it's, it's nice to see Curtis Samuel continue to, you know, sort of break out a little bit here in what's obviously an, an important year, it's the final year of his rookie contract, uh, questions can 
lingering, of course, whether or not he's going to uh, still be with this team after this season. So, you know, he's uh, he's definitely doing a really nice job of showing his versatility. The Panthers are, you know, kind of going back to or letting Samuel kind of go back to his Ohio State days when he was both a running back and a wide receiver. So really interesting to see what they uh, what they continue to do with Curtis Samuel, especially with the in all likelihood, you know, the the strong likelihood that Christian McCaffrey is going to be back in week nine. You know, obviously he was close, pretty close to playing in this game, but the Panthers decided not to activate him just yet. But as I said all week, I think that was the right move. You know, you didn't want to rush him back, you know, let Mike Davis, let Curtis Samuel continue to, you know, get some carries in here and, and get some work in. And Curtis Samuel, they continue to do a great job of getting him well, you know, continue to get him involved in the offense in a multitude of ways. And I imagine at least it should continue on that stretch going forward, even when Christian McCaffrey comes back. So those are kind of the three stars, I guess we'll say, for the Panthers of this game here. Uh, Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, and Curtis Samuel. So those are kind of the highlights for this game, but there's certainly a, uh, a lot of lowlights that we have to talk about here and we'll get into that in a minute but first a reminder that today's episode is being powered by pepsi is of course uh thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or even overbearing sports parents less than one percent of one percent of one percent of people very 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 small number will ever get a chance to play professional football so instead of entering the nfl these guys have joined another league the league of football watchers like you and i and this football season of course has been different and will continue to be different but pepsi is always here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch whether you're in the pods at bank of america stadium or you're just chilling at your home rooting on your hometown team pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi is made for football watching, and they want to remind you to go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode is also being powered by our friends at Built Go from our friends at Built Bar. They've got Built Go, which helps you break through your wall, whether it's a mental wall, physical wall, whatever the case may be. Built Go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but it's energy that's not fake. It's lasting and it's natural. They come in easy to take in. One and a half ounce packages. So if you got a golf game this weekend, you could easily stick it in your golf bag. Got a big presentation coming up, stick it in your briefcase and take a shot right before to give you the most focused presentation ever. Uh, you or you could just put it in your pocket just to get you through 
a regular day. A lot of lot of ways you can do it. Bilco is the best workout gel on the market, and I've been fortunate enough to uh, have gotten a sample as well from Bilco, so I appreciate that very much. Three great flavors that we were able to try and that you guys can try as well, such as peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It's like having a five-hour energy, but you don't get that crash feeling. It's natural. It's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink, but you only get a third of the caffeine and you get better results. And how does Bilko work so well? Well, it takes energy gel, combines it with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, which means it gets into my system fast and it's easy on the stomach. And it's loaded with good stuff to help ignite your work between beta-alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Bilko then kicks to keep me going strong, like B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentages of those vitamins. And collagen even promotes joint soft tissue and hair and skin health. <laughs> so I mean, all, all this great stuff that makes you look and feel better, Bilko does it all for you. Visit them now at BuiltGo.com and use our special promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. So let me repeat that. BuiltGo.com. That's B-U-I-L-T-G-O.com. Promo code LOCKED gets you 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. So we talked about the highlights of Thursday's game. Now we got to talk about a lot of the lowlights and really in general I think the low the first low light you talk about is you know you, you could really group this whole team you know that whole team performance as a a low light but we'll start on the offensive side of the ball and then work our way to the defensive side of the ball and I think one of the biggest questions you have to ask coming out of this game is why did it take so long for DJ Moore to get involved in the offense the guy only had two targets up until what four minutes left in the game three minutes left in the game when he had those two big catches you know I I get you know you were able to get Curtis Samuel involved and Robbie Anderson a little bit whatnot but I mean DJ Moore is also your best playmaker He's a former first-round pick. He's going to be one of the next guys that should, or at least should be one of the next guys in line to get a contract extension from the Panthers. At least you would hope that they're going to give him an extension and keep him on the team and be one of those core players. But how does he only get two targets in three and a half, three and three quarters quarters? That that's a that's a baffling question, you know, especially after some of the catches that he did make, and some of the the runs after the catch that he had with you know that big stiff arm, or just climbing the ladder and grabbing the football. DJ Moore just continues to show that he is an electric player at all levels of the field, and you've got to get him involved in the offense week in. And week out. So it is, you know, really crazy. I mean, he ended up with really didn't end up with that many targets. What? I mean, well, he did end up with six targets. It, it it feels like, you know, obviously a bunch of those came at the end of the game, but still, like, you know, you've 
you still kind of feel like that number should be a little bit higher, right? You know, he and he only ended up with two catches for 55 yards. But again, those two catches were uh, really, really well. The one was really, really nice, and then the other, um, you know, a short catch. But that great stiff arm, just one of those get the hell off me. Obviously not Derrick Henry level, but still a good stiff arm nonetheless. But you still kind of feel like he could have been involved more in the offense, and that was disappointing to see. And, you know, kind of coinciding with uh, DJ Moore not getting those targets, and I hate to say this because I love the guy, but Teddy Bridgewater (laughs) was a bit of a low light today. I mean, you know, just look at the number. Now, Grant, obviously, yeah, we have to talk about the injury he had that, that knocked him out. You know, so obviously that might have played a bit of a factor in like his, you know, his final passes and ultimately his final numbers, which were 15 to 23, 176 yards, one touchdown, and then that, uh, what turned out to be the game ceiling pick at the end of the game that could have uh, potentially tied the game with the two point conversion. But Teddy Bridgewater. This was obviously not one of his better games. And, you know, part of that also goes to what we'll add is another low light, the offensive line. This offensive line got decimated all night. Um, you know, third downs, fourth downs. I mean, I mean, this team was what? Something like 2 of 10 on third down. One of three on fourth down. The one, of course, was the Jeremy Chin run. But two of ten on third down. You're not going to win a lot of football games if you're going two of ten on third down. Now, granted, the Falcons were three of nine. But even still, uh, you know, we're we're not really talking about the Falcons right now or, or the defense. We'll get to that. The Panthers offense... 2 of 10 on third down, that's unacceptable. But before we talk about the offensive line, again, Teddy Bridgewater, love the guy. You also wonder, and I'm seeing a lot of this on social media, a lot of questions on why are they not pushing the ball downfield more. And that's something you've seen you know, quite a bit, obviously, from this team uh, throughout the season is, you know, why are they not taking more chances downfield? It's a lot of dink and dunk, a lot of, you know, check down, short passes, even to their receivers. You want to see them start pushing the ball a lot more. Obviously, they they did a little bit, you know, toward the end of the game and, you know, sporadically throughout the game, but um, it doesn't feel like you're seeing it often enough for this team to be even more competitive or at least to uh, to get them to the next level that they uh, that they want to be at, and you know this could be obviously a, a factor of you know a uh, a first time NFL offensive coordinator and Joe Brady, and you know still some pieces gelling together, even though we're eight weeks in. But um, you know this could just be a sign that you know a reminder, I should say, that this team is still about a uh, a year or two away from really being considered a uh, a top-tier team, or at least a, uh, a top-half team. But the offensive line, oh boy, like I said, they got absolutely throttled. Uh, Matt Paradis got destroyed. Chris Reed had some rough stretches. 
They uh, they rotated at left tackle again between Greg Little and Trent Scott. So it's um, and, you know and credit the Falcons defensive line for really putting pressure on the on the Panthers offensive line. But it, you know it, it was a harsh reminder that uh, that this Panthers team has a lot of work to do on the offensive line and why this position certainly has to be one of the, if not the top uh, priority in uh, in next season's or next off season's checklist, whether that's in free agency or whether that's in the draft, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, guys like that. Uh, the, these are guys that they absolutely have to be looking into, you know, depending on, especially a guy like Creed Humphrey, if they're picking and say like, you know, the mid teens or, or, but I mean, now they're probably about closer to the top 10 than they are mid teens. But, you know, those are obviously some names, at least early on, you know, just two quick names uh, to throw out there for the draft. But again, it's, um, it's just a reminder that they, they have to rework this, this, uh, this position and, the odds just keep going up that, you know, we, we talked about this during the off season too, that this could very well be the last year for paradise in Carolina, because they could easily get out of that contract going into 2021. And it's looking more and more like that's going to happen. So offensive line, really rough day. And then unfortunately it affected Teddy Bridgewater. And in turn, of course it affected the, entire uh the entire offense on thursday night is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So that's that's the talk of the offense. We, of course, have to flip the script over to the defense, and obviously questions arising there as well and we knew the secondary we'll we'll start there we knew the secondary was going to be an issue with obviously some uh you know Dante Jackson being banged up and Russell Douglas still on the covid list and Justin Burris still being on injured reserve the youth and the inexperience of this secondary is really starting to to show up and we knew this matchup obviously was going to be very tough because, you know, they obviously had a little bit of success the first time around against the Falcons, but that's because number 11, Julio Jones, was not in the lineup that first game. He was on Thursday, and it obviously made a huge difference. The Panthers just could not stop Julio Jones. And, you know, when you've got young guys like Troy Pride in zone coverage trying to cover Julio Jones you're going to have a bad time. And that's exactly what happened here. This, this Panther secondary just got gashed by Julio Jones, who ended up with 137 yards on seven tut- or on seven catches and as a whole 
Matt Ryan, 281 yards on 21 of 30 passing. Didn't throw a touchdown, uh, did throw a pick. Because, of course, they ended up having to settle for... And I, I guess we'll kind of consider that a positive for the Panthers. It was a lot of bend but don't break because the Pan- or the Falcons had to settle for uh, a good bit of field goals as Young Ho Koo ended up going uh, four for four on field goals, uh, but only one for two on extra points. That's how they ended up with the twenty-five. Um, but the the secondary got gashed again, as we kind of expected with with Julio Jones being back in the lineup. And yet again, the rush defense, or I should say the ghost of their rush defense, whatever you want to call it, uh, reared its ugly head yet again for the Carolina Panthers as they gave up 131 yards to the Falcons as a team. And it was you know, a pretty even split between Brian Hill and Todd Gurley. Brian Hill ended up with 11 carries for 55 yards. Todd Gurley, 18 carries, 46 yards, and the touchdown that almost iced the game for the Falcons. It would have been a lot... uh, The Falcons obviously would have been a lot more comfortable had Koo made that extra point, but still, the Gurley's touchdown put the the Falcons up by eight, and that ultimately was the game-winning score so yet again the Panthers oh and Matt Ryan had a rushing touchdown of course too so yet again the Panthers can't figure out how to stop the run and oh by the way they see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell in week nine so yeah not looking pretty and same thing with the secondary um if this Falcon, or if this Panthers secondary uh, was having issues against the Atlanta Falcons, who we know can be a strong offense when they want to be and when everything's clicking, we see what this Panthers secondary is like now. They're in, we, and I think we all are in agreement now. This secondary is in big, big trouble going up against Patrick Mahomes in week nine so it could be a uh, a long day and it's not just Patrick Mahomes look who follows Patrick Mahomes in week 10 for the Panthers that would be Tom Brady who is closing the gap in the MVP race on Russell Wilson so it is a rough stretch you know they just got gashed by Matt Ryan and you start to look we'll even go even further, you know, if we're going to talk about the quarterbacks coming up on the Panthers' schedule, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford are the next three quarterbacks that they face. You know, maybe you get a bit of a break with Kirk Cousins, and then, you know, depending on how Drew Locke is in Week 14, but then Aaron Rodgers Week 15, you know, Week 16 will be a bit of a pass because Washington obviously is struggling at quarterback. And then Drew Brees again in week 17. Now, you know, in, in a few weeks, obviously, Rasul Douglas will be back. But you know these quarterbacks are watching this game, or are going to watch this game, and they're going to start licking their chops, starting with Patrick Mahomes. I'm sure he kept his eye a little bit on this one, knowing that uh, he's got the Panthers next, or, or he's got the Panthers Next week, and you know, seeing how this secondary is, the way they struggled against these receivers, and I mean, 
you know, they're, they're struggling against the size of Julio Jones and, you know, the, the strong ability. Hopefully Calvin Ridley is okay, but they obviously struggled against him. I can't imagine what this team is going to do or how they are going to try to defend the speed of Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, needless to say, uh, I, I think this team is in big trouble in Week 9. And then even Week 10, like like I said, because you got Tampa Bay again. And they'll have Antonio Brown in the mix by then as well. Brown will have a game under his belt with the Bucks by the time they head to Carolina. So, you know, issues all around, you know, and, and, and that's what happens. You, you start putting a magnifying glass to a lot of these issues on, on both sides of the ball. That's what happens when you lose at home to a 1-6 team, which is what the Panthers did on Thursday night. A lot of questions arise. Uh, a lot of issues need to be sorted out. Fortunately, they have a bit of a, a mini-buy now, but again, it's going to be a... Uh, it's going to be a long 10 days uh, to, to try to get ready to, to somehow game plan uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. So this is going to be a rough week, uh, to, to say the least. So a lot of ugliness in this game. Um, you know, even the linebackers, you know, you start to wonder, too, what's going on with Tyre Whitehead. He sometimes just seems to be there. Not not really very effective. So, you know, line like we talked about with offensive line, linebacker becomes a, a priority next offseason. Listen, Micah Parsons would fit extremely. I would love to see Micah Parsons in a uh, a Carolina Panthers uniform, or I should say, I, I think I think Parsons would look really good in the Panthers uniform because I think he would just be another one of those players that really can help elevate this this defense. You know, once all that youth builds that experience, they could really start going places. So, you know, you pair Parsons and Chin, those kind of guys together, you know, you're starting to build something. So, again, just another, another name to throw out there, Dylan Moses out of Alabama. So... You know, obviously just some names to start thinking about because we're obviously getting to the point now where uh, where we're going to start thinking draft because the Falcons are now sitting at three and – I keep screwing these names up. I'm sorry. The Panthers are now sitting at three and five, and you've got Kansas City and Tampa Bay the next two games. So I think we could pencil in now the Panthers at three and seven. Minnesota and Detroit certainly aren't easy games. Very easily could could lose both of those games. Let's say they at least split those games. You know, that still puts you at 4-8. and eight. Green Bay, they're obviously going to struggle with. I think New Orleans, they lose too. But then, you know, Denver and Washington are, are certainly winnable games. So maybe this team gets to 7-9 and nine now. 6-10 uh, and 10. Is certainly possible. So I, I think now, and it's funny, you know, just the other day I'm talking about this team could possibly get to eight and eight. Now we're talking about this team's range at uh, five and eleven to, you know, maybe a ceiling of seven and nine. But again, that's what happens when you lose at home to a one and six team like the Panthers did. So 
that's gonna, you know, bit of a sour note, I guess, but hey, that's what happens, I guess, when that's what happens sometimes in football, I guess, but we'll end it on that note, you know, hopefully the Panthers will bounce back at some point, uh, you know, we'll be back Monday to, you know, do it again, and we'll, you know, maybe recap a little bit more, kind of, you know, what happened in the rest of the NFL, and, you know, talk a little bit more about what happened here, and we'll start getting ready for Kansas City, but that's going to do it for this Friday post-game edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, as the Panthers now fall to 3-5 and five on the season after their 25-17 loss to the Atlanta Falcons, but I'm going to get out of here. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay well. Enjoy the college games. Enjoy the NFL games, and enjoy whatever it is you do on the weekends, and we'll be back Monday to do it again here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. So until then, Billy Rossetti signing off. We'll see you Monday right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. Have a great weekend. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 